This is Back to Being. I'm Dr. Marwin. Today, my guest is Dr. Jay Hant. Dr. Hant is a chiropractor from New York and has been serving his community in Central Park West for 42 years. He's on board of Life University and has been consistently chosen as one of the best chiropractors in New York City. He has co-authored with his wife, Kathy, the book Retiring Practice. He speaks at conferences around the world and is also a specialist in neuro-linguistic programming. He's a co-founder of the Inner Winners Seminar that has inspired thousands of attendees to transform their lives and Inner Winners and now has programs in the United States, Spain, Germany, and Australia. Dr. Hant, welcome to Back to Being. Honored to have you on the show. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Definitely. So you always tell me to celebrate my birthday like you and Kathy would. I, I know you just had a birthday a few days ago. Yeah. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you so much. Definitely. And so, so tell me, how did you celebrate exactly? Let's see. I was in Atlanta at a life leadership weekend. So I went out with my best friend, Kevin Fogarty and, and the Lupos, other chiropractors oh, cool. down there. Yeah. And that was on Friday night, my birthday night. And on Saturday night at the uh, after party from the life leadership weekend, celebrated with a whole bunch of other chiropractors, the families, the students in enrollment, brought out a big cake. So I just figured that was my birthday party. You know, we had about 150 people there. So it's good. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So I, I just only, I wish I was there with you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Now, you know, let's go back to your early days. When we, what was young Jay doing and what led him to be a chiropractor? When I was in an undergraduate school, yeah. I was about to graduate and had no idea what I wanted to be. I was a biophysics major. Okay. And my mother was going to a chiropractor. My father liked the guy, so he told me to go see what he was doing. I went. He impressed me. And I said, well, I just applied to optometry school. And so I'll apply to chiropractic school. Whichever one I get into first, that's where I'm going. And he pulled an application out of his drawer and gave it to me. And I said, okay, I'll take it home and fill it out. He goes, no, fill it out here. Long story short, two days later, I got a call to go in for an interview. And two days after that, I was accepted at chiropractic school. I didn't find out until I was in school about a month that the reason I got accepted so quick is this guy was on the board of the school I went to, and he wanted to make sure I became a chiropractor and not an optometrist. And uh, then I fell in love with chiropractic. So to me, there are no, there are no mistakes. The universe just set me up. It was yeah, great. Definitely. Well, I'm very grateful for the chiropractor that uh, made sure you got in because if you hadn't, probably... Yeah, I'd be going, is it better this way or is it better <laughs> this way? So I'm much happier with the chiropractor. Yeah, I think you can see pretty clearly. It's from yeah. what, I can see, what I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, when you were fresh into practice, you know, new with your business, I remember you told me a story, you told us a story one time about you were struggling to attract patients and you called up Dr. Sid. Uh, what, what did he tell you to do? Well, I, I opened up right out of school on Central Park West, which is one of the most expensive neighborhoods in New York City. And he told me to go stand on a street corner and hand out newsletters. And, but they were his newsletters, which were very Southern. <laughs> so it was about making a peach cobbler and putting a quilt together. And I said, Sid, I'm on Central Park West in New York City. They don't even know what those things are. He goes, boy, go hand the stuff out. And when you do it, call me back. And he hung up on me. So it took me a while, but I actually started handing out the newsletters and just got me out of my comfort zone, forced me to trust the universe and patients started coming in. Wow. Yeah. So basically, when you took action, things started happening, right? Yes. Yeah. 
So I know a lot of people these days, you know, they, they may have a business or a practice and they're just waiting like someone's going to come knock on the door or something. Well, one of my favorite stories, years later, I hired an associate. And, and for three months, he would sit in the back room and I would go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm visualizing people coming in. And he goes, I spent all day visualizing people coming in. And after about three months, I go, okay, you need to go visualize someplace else because you're not putting any actions behind your pictures. <laughs> like visualization is supposed to give you an action plan. So you go out and do something. Just sitting and, you know, thinking about things gets nothing done. Feels good, but you don't go anywhere with it. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, so in your, in your years of practice, what was the most fascinating thing that you've seen, whether it's with you or with a patient? Well, the most fascinating thing is um, I actually had a friend who gave birth to uh, triplets and only uh, one survived. And it was like, she was like, I want to say like almost four months premature. So she literally weighed less. She weren't, I think she weighed 14 ounces. So she was less than a pound and she could fit in the palm of my hand. And when she was a neonatal, they gave her literally no chance to live or survive. And then they said, if she does survive, she's probably going to have a lot of brain damage and not going to be very healthy. And what I would do is go sneak into the hospital as a, as a brother to the, to my friend and adjust the baby and all the bells and whistles would go crazy and you know so we don't know what happened and uh after they never they didn't think she'd leave neonatal for over a year and she left in four months um and uh she she's actually in her second year of college now and the only problem is that she's not too coordinated but neither are her parents so she turned out really well (laughs) smart kid and, uh, you know, that was amazing to see the power of innate because literally when I would adjust her neck, the only thing I could do is use my pinky on her. And it probably did the first four cervicals just by holding pressure. Mm. So when you talk about trusting the power of innate and being in the right place at the right time, that was to me, that was one of my most amazing things. Wow. That's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. You mentioned uh, trusting innate. What does that exactly mean? Trusting innate? Well, as a chiropractor, you know, innate intelligence is that intelligence within us that controls, coordinates, and regulates everything that goes on. It's that God within or our spirit within. And to me, innate is that little voice inside that says, you can do it. And when I say trust innate, like I trust innate to run my body, run my organs, my tissues, my cells. And that's what makes us self-healing, self-regulating, and self-perpetuating. So I trust that the, you know, the power that made the body, as you know, Chuck Ribley would say, heals the body. So as a chiropractor, I know that when I make an adjustment, I'm turning on that power and I'll have to do step back and let it take over and, and get the body to do what it's supposed to do naturally. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so that's amazing. Like you're holding space for facil- facilitating of healing, like the body actually heals itself. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you've uh, written a book with Kathy. I don't know who wrote more. Was it you or Kathy? Well, I did all the talking and she wrote it down. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, so I'll say that you both We both did it. Yeah. Now, well, you know, we, and you know us well enough that we've done everything together. So it, it, yeah. it was a joint effort and that's, that's you know, in, in writing yeah. the book and, you know, everything in chiropractic we do is together also. Yeah, and how's that been for you? Because I know a lot of people perhaps are looking to uh, have their business or their practice with their spouse. Uh, how do you, what do you recommend people looking to do that? 
Okay. So yeah. number one, I've never let Kathy in the office. So I've never really practiced with her. She's done the back end stuff at home, like the accounting part, but she's never really been in the office with us uh, unless we needed an emergency front desk person because somebody was out or we fired the whole staff, something like that. Yeah. You know, so and and uh, working with family, 90% of the time, it's great. 10% of the time, they're still family, but it's always worked out great for us. You know, between Josh in the office and we had Morgan in the office, you know, for a few years. It, I loved it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah, so, you know, you, you call your, your books titled Retirement Practice, right? Like yep. most people, when they go to, to, to their work or they go to practice or their business, they don't really think of retiring. So why, why do you say you can retire in practice? Well, a couple things. Most people, when they do think about retiring, they spend their whole life planning for what they're going to do when they retire. And the majority of people never live to do what they want to do, or by the time they get to retire, they're too old to enjoy the benefits of retirement. And most people who are, you know, uh, own their own business spend so much, so much time working. And like chiropractors, we love what we do. So yeah. I have no, no desire to ever retire, but how do I enjoy the travel and the experiences and the family if I'm working 24 seven? So the retirement practice is about how do you create a business so that you can be out of your business from time to time and enjoy the benefits of retirement, you know, the time freedom the, and everything else without losing your business. Okay. So that's what it was about. So in Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he speaks about the difference between a sole proprietor and a business owner. Sole proprietor, went, which is what most chiropractors practice, means when they're out of the office, nothing gets done. Hmm. It's a personality-driven practice. In a business, I can leave, and the practice does as well as when I'm there. A lot of times it does better than when I'm there. So, you know, that, that's a business model you want to look for. Okay. Yeah, that's very interesting. Fascinating insight on that, definitely, because, yeah, most people don't think of it like that at all. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, now, obviously, every single person on this planet has had has gone through some uh, failures or dark times in their life or maybe a moment of tragedy. What would you say is your darkest point or you know, perhaps what some people would phrase as a tragedy or in your life? Well, um, probably 25 years ago, I had I had to go bankrupt. Oh, wow. And uh, which was a great eye opener because it, it gave me the illusion, like the day before I had to do it, I thought I had all this money in the bank and for a whole bunch of reasons, the next morning I woke up and nothing was there. So, so uh, it, I realized that security is a state of mind. It's not how much money you have in the bank. And when I realized that and we recouped, I went back and I was able to grow the practice Oh, three or four times faster than I was able to do it in, in the first, you know, 12, 15 years of practice. So it was a good lesson. You know, it's taking responsibility for what's going on in your life and around it rather than just delegating it and forgetting it. Okay. And so would you say that because of that moment, uh, it allowed you to propel forward or what do you say? Oh, yeah, it definitely allowed me to propel, to propel forward and say, you know what? It's just a little hiccup in life. Next, you know, the universe gave me a wake-up call. I took advantage of it and just moved forward at lightning speed. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's 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 amazing, and I'm glad you did that. Definitely, and you know, so you run these seminars called Inner Winners, right? Yes. And I've had a fortune. I've I've been fortunate enough to attend some of these. Now, what exactly is an inner winner? An inner winner is someone that trusts themselves, takes a hundred percent responsibility for their life and their outcomes. Um, you know, I go through a couple different credos or ideas. One, there are no victims; there are only volunteers. So you choose what you're volunteering for, all right? How I do anything in life is how I do everything in life, which means if I'm doing great as a parent, I'm doing great in practice, I'm doing great as a board of trustees, everything is a mirror to everything else, all right? Um, another one, which is a biggie, which most people find hard to take, is the results I get is the communication I gave, mm. So I don't blame people for not doing what I tell them to do. I take responsibility and figure out, well, maybe I need to explain it a different way until I get the results I want. So, I mean, and then a winner takes all that into account. They don't let their past limiting beliefs keep them from their dreams of the future. Um, they know that they were there. They acknowledge them and they figure out how to move forward. So they use the past as wisdom, not as roadblocks. Wow. So that, I don't know if that, gives you an idea, but I think that's really important. So what we do in Inner Winners when we're working with participants is really getting them to, to see how their limiting beliefs, excuse me, have held them back and what they can do to break free and move forward into the, the destiny that they dream of. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, so many people are seeking this, like, inner work, it's this awakening of sorts. I definitely, uh, I know that you can help so many people with that. And inspire people to can you do so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could roll back, what was it, like 30 years or so or 40 years when you started Inner Winners? Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, you're in practice, you have a family, a commitment to your profession, a lot of things going on. So why did you, Kathy, Chuck, and Sunshine say, okay, let's add another thing on our list? What, what made you do that? Well, actually, I went to Inner Winners as a participant first. Okay. Uh, Chuck had started it, and Kathy wanted to go to his program, and I said no, <laughs> because he was crazy. And I didn't want to go, you know, and, and uh, we're at a meeting and Kathy came out and goes, well, I know you didn't want to go, but I just paid for the program and there's no refunds. So I said, okay, I guess I'm going. And so I went to my first inner winners kicking and screaming and complaining. Um, by, by the end of it, it was like, okay, this is interesting. But there was an event that I wanted to do. I said, okay, I'll go back one more time so I can get to do this event. And uh, when I went back the second time, I had like a lot of great personal breakthroughs and fell in love with it. And the third time we brought our whole family, which was three kids and an au pair. And uh, I think by the fourth or fifth time, I wound up being a partner. Oh, wow. You know, so, yeah, but I started as a participant and not a willing participant. So it was pretty <laughs> interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, yeah. That was, absolutely. And then, you know, for me, we've continued it for so many years because like in chiropractic, I love seeing people's lives change through chiropractic. Uh, and I would say, you know, I'm great adjusting below the atlas when I'm doing my chiropractic work. And at Inner Winners, I'm great at adjusting above the atlas, which means the space between people's ears. Uh, to let them, like I said, break free and, and see the lives change before their eyes and my eyes too. So it's great. Yeah. What do you think it is about uh, experiential events or that transform people? Well, I think people learn the best when they're playing. Okay. As a matter of, that's what the whole principle behind Montessori 
And so also the brain and the body are intimately connected. So if you can get the body to go through a transformation, it takes the brain with it. Yeah. So on a lot of the events, the, the questions as they're going through the event, they have to do both a physical act and mental act and next change. Okay, so the physical and mental act is what really gets them ingrained in them to like, okay, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. And, and having said that, you know, mind my French, I know that, you know, you, you're, you're, when you communicate with people with, with such clarity, conviction, and you actually get shit out of people or things they don't need. Yeah, what, right. is it, what, is it about, what is it about the explicit language that triggers something in us to, get, to, give us, to make us respond? I wish I had an answer for that. You know, <laughs> what, like for me, I just know how to get into rapport and, and I don't have any preconceived ideas when I'm working with someone. My job is to bring the best out of them and to allow them, but the, even the questions I ask are non-judgmental questions. It's about getting them to move in a direction that they want to and opening up, having them open up to new possibilities. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And do you think we have hope as a human race to open up to these possibilities? You know, you see a lot of people just shut down. Do you think we can do it? Well, I think everybody has the opportunity to do it. I think most people don't take the opportunity out of a fear of leaving their comfort zone. Hmm. Why do you think people have fear? Because the average person lives in the future. Okay. And what I mean by that, they're either going to do everything tomorrow or they worry about what the future is, or they're worried about what other people are going to think in the future. And so they create this fear and anxiety and stress because they're not living in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So if they took care of their life right now, then the future takes care of itself. But when you spend your life in the future, you sort of miss the present and your future is just totally screwed up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically people are like creating a false reality almost. Would you say so? Yeah. You know, they, they'd much sooner live, they'd much sooner worry and complain about things. Um, but when you think about it, everybody's worried what tomorrow is going to be. What's the future going to be? You know, how am I going to be? Am I going to be wealthy? Am I not? Or, or is my parents going to round? Are my kids going to be okay? Rather than going, you know what? I'm with my kids today. That's the most important time. Because quite honestly, when you think about it, nobody knows if they're going to wake up tomorrow. Mm. There are no guarantees. You know, and over my time in, in life, I've seen enough young people pass away when they weren't supposed to, so to speak, that, you know what, I, I'd sooner live now. And that's the retirement practice mentality is do what you can do when you can do it and stop putting off, you know, your life for the future. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really powerful message because so many of us are missing what's right in front of us every single day. Right. Yeah. So I know you're, I know you're friends with people like, you know, Dr. Dispenza and things like this. Mm -hmm. If you were in an arm wrestling match with him, who do you think would win? He would. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> he is the most committed, most centered, most, I mean, he's just a powerful guy. Yeah. I, I, I look up to him as a, as a great mentor. Okay. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, that leads me to something, you know, I know you, you and Kathy always harp on about, uh, you know, this uh, daily habit that you have of meditation. 
Right. Uh, like, can you expand upon that? Why, why, why are you doing that every day? And like, uh, am I supposed to do it in the morning, in the evening? What, what, tell me a little See, bit more. I think you can do it anytime you want, but I will tell you when I make, made the commitment to never not miss a day and I'm on my third year now without missing a day, wow. I've always taught meditation and spoke about it, but I would do it on and off. And so in the last three years, um, I haven't missed a day of meditating and sometimes I'm awake for it. Sometimes I fall asleep. But every day I do at least a 20 minute meditation. And what it does is it, it calms me. It centers me. It brings me into the moment. And it, I also think it's really important to give yourself some personal time. So to me, my meditation is my personal time. I'm so busy taking care of the world that every once in a while I forget to take care of myself. So the meditation is my time to quiet the brain, focus my thoughts, and, you know, just be aware of what's going on. Yeah. And would you say that, you know, in the last three years, what have you seen different changes? My anger has dropped down. I'm more... Uh, I, I'm, oh, don't uh, tell me that. I like angry, Jay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a loving anger now, you know. <laughs> um, I'm... I'm uh, life is just a little bit easier. You know, it's like, so it didn't give me anything. It's just made me a little calmer, a little more centered. You know, when things don't go quite right, it's sort of like, okay, that was interesting. Next. You know, I don't get bogged down in, 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 the, in the garbage anymore. Okay. Not all the time, but most of the time I don't get bogged down in the garbage. And if I do, it very rarely lasts longer than 12 hours. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's, so that's yeah. important. Yeah, definitely. I think that's brilliant because so many of us are struggling to maintain ourselves. Of course, we have many different avenues and keep us calm and, you know, centered. But if we're not doing the daily practice, it's not, we're not going to get the results, right? Right. There was, there was a book, I don't remember the name of it, but it was about compounding interest. Okay. And, and, and meditations like compounding interest. You do it once, you do it twice, eh, you know, but the more you do it, the, the greater the results becomes over time. There was this one thing, if I gave you uh, a, a $1,000 up front, or if I just said, I'm going to give you a penny and have a double every day, which would you take? You know, and, and when you do the numbers, when you get to like the 28th day, you're already, you know, way ahead. Or, and it gets to like, it's a million dollars, you know, on the 30th day. Yeah. But nobody likes to wait and let it happen. So everybody wants to say, well, I meditated. It sh my life should have changed today. I meditated twice. <laughs> no, it's a practice that you do for the rest of your life. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And I think you touched on this a little bit already, but it's something that I, I find very interesting is, like, do you run your family differently from your business? Not really. I mean, to me, chiropractic, uh, it, it's not a business. It's a lifestyle. Okay. So, I mean, I live my chiropractic life and practice. I live my chiropractic life at home. My kids have been adjusted since birth. I've never missed a week without an adjustment. You know, my kids are pretty much the same. Kathy is definitely the same. Um, you know, I, I fight with my staff in the office. I fight with Kathy at home, but the fights literally, you know, 20 minutes later, they're gone. You know, it's like, get it, get out of it, move on. Um, so I think they're pretty much similar. You know, it's like I said at the beginning, how I do anything in life is how I do everything in life. Yeah. So I couldn't be this wonderful, great chiropractor and then come home and beat my kids. Hmm. You know, it's like that. So my energy is pretty much the same in both places. 
Yeah, and no, I, I, yeah, that, I think that's that's fantastic. Like the congruency that you have in your life is really inspiring. And also, like you talked about your team and your staff. You know, even sometimes I get angry with my staff as well. And you know, it's not out of anger. It's just I'm just trying to serve people at a high level, right? Yeah, and most of the time it's out of frustration. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have any tips on like how how should how I or any of our listeners could manage that better? Well, I think the number one issue. Well, actually, there are two. One is communication. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we talked about visual, auditory, and kinesthetic, know the, the, the representational systems of your staff and communicate with them in those representational systems so you're in rapport with them rather than fighting with them. And the other one, be stingy with criticism and be abundant with praise. Mm. So when catch, look to catch your staff doing something right. And, and, and praise them for it. Most people look to catch them doing something wrong and tell them how to correct it. But, you know, you, if you reward the, the behaviors that you like, you'll get a lot more of them rather than just complaining about the behaviors you don't like. Yeah, I think that's priceless information right there. Definitely. They look for something that's right rather than what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. So, you know, where's your, where's your next trip around the world? Where are you going next? Well, I leave on Saturday for Costa Rica um, for a life board retreat to plan the next uh, 20 years of life university. And then I come back for a couple of weeks and I think I'm in Puerto Rico for a golf tournament for my son-in-law. He's a professional golfer. Then I'm back for a couple of weeks and I'm in Australia for the opening of the new chiropractic school in Adelaide. Yeah, well, if you need a caddy, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can make some space in my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm back a couple of weeks and I'm in Malaga for Cairo, Europe. And then I don't know what, I don't know what happens after that. Yeah, well, that's a pretty jam-packed schedule there. Yeah. Um, and I work in, be I, you know, I go to the office every once in a while in between all that. <laughs> Excellent. So, you know, how can, how can we get more of Dr. J? Where can we find you? Well, you can find me, office-wise, you can find me at uh, newyorkchiropractic.com. Okay. Uh, uh, wait, info at innerwinners.org. And, uh, you know, either of those are an easy way to get in touch with me. Or on Facebook, you just have to look me up and connect. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Now, if you could say one thing to your 25-year-old self, what would that one thing be? Don't take yourself so damn serious. Life is about having fun. And when I was 25, I was very serious and very intent. And, you know, so now it's like, enjoy the moment. Stop worrying. Stop wor you know, it's like, stop worrying about the future. Start, you know, acting today. Okay. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if you, you know, what do you tell someone in that same age group, like 25 to 30 year old? who wants to serve vast numbers of people with their service, business, or product. What is one thing you tell them? Go to work. It's like, my, it's like that associate. You're sitting in a room and visualizing masses of people coming in. That's a cool thing, but you got to go to work. Hmm. You know, you, you got to be, you know, full of passion. You got to, you know, be excited about what you do. You, you got to be your, your best self-promoter and, and just get out and, and do what you want to do. And don't get concerned with the numbers. Like another thing that Chuck has taught me, he said, how many people do you see today? One. You can only adjust one person at a time. 
And so if every time you, you move into a room, there's one person there, that's the most important person in the world. You take care of that one person. And, you know, and it, all of a sudden they start adding up and adding up and adding up. And, you know, in the old days in chiropractic, it used to be a numbers game. Who's seen the most amount of people? And so it wasn't about taking care of people. It was just about seeing the most amount of people. So yeah. I feel, you know, take care of people, give them the best, give them 100%. And you can do that in a minute. That It doesn't mean that you need to spend an hour with them, but be 100% present with them and be the best you and just be open to the universe, constantly filling the vacuum with more new, with more patience, more successes, and more good life. Okay. So basically, we need to become a conduit rather than trying to become something else. Right. It's like you can't push spaghetti. You got to lead it. <laughs> you know, and in life, you got to be leading and have people follow you. you. You can't push the volume. You have to attract the volume. You got to do what you want to do. You got to be, like I said, part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. J. You know, that that was a fascinating conversation with some brilliant insights. I know many of our listeners, some of them are chiropractors, some of them aren't, but every single one of them will be able to get value from this. And I really appreciate that. You know, I look forward to continuing this conversation somewhere along the road. I know this is, I'm, I know it's going to be another one. You have so much to offer. And, you know, anytime you want, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like working, love working with you. Definitely. Yeah, well, you know, uh, we'll catch you somewhere around the world soon, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and uh, safe travels. And keep on inspiring us. Yep. And keep having fun down there, you know? <laughs> Lighten up a little bit. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, yeah, you guys are all welcome to come down and visit me here in Ecuador, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just as a compliment to you, I remember the first time I met you, Yeah. all I heard was mumbles. That's true. You've come so far and doing so great. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, it's definitely. You. You're, doing, you're doing excellent. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Dr. Hunt. A pleasure. Anytime. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care now.